0: Welcome to the Motor City Hoops podcast, your home for all things Detroit Pistons and NBA. Thank you for choosing Motor City Hoops, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 68 of the Motor City Hoops podcast, an instant recap and reaction episode from Tuesday night's game versus the heat. If you are new to the Motor City Hoops podcast, I'm your host, Bryce Simon, a former D1 Hooper and current teacher, coach, husband, father of three amazing kids, and contributor to Detroit Bad Boys of SB Nation. And when I get the chance to watch our Pistons live, I'll do a short 20 to 25 minute episode giving my immediate reactions, recap, and analysis of the game. I'll start off by giving you a quick rundown of the game, followed by my biggest takeaways, player of the game, plays of the game, things to keep an eye on moving forward, my thoughts on the opponent, and a brief look ahead to what will come next for our Pistons. Before we get into this one, I just want to encourage you to go listen to episode 67 of the Motor City Hoops podcast that we recorded with Omari Sankofa from the Detroit Free Press. That was one of our normal hour-long overall weekly recap episodes, and that was a ton of fun. And guys, it had a ton of great insight from Omari, one of the three amazing Detroit Piston beat riders that we have for this team. But we're recording this episode immediately after the Pistons lose to the Heat 92-100 to with another fourth quarter letdown, and we'll get into that more as we go throughout the episode. Just some pregame notes, the Heat are two days removed from a three-point loss to the Wizards, so a little bit rested and coming off a tough loss for them. I wanted to see how this Pistons team respond after a back-to-back tough losses. We have a great fourth quarter to, to make the Warriors game close and then have an awful fourth quarter against the Lakers that we end up losing the lead in that game and all the emotion around that game that's been talked about over, all over Pistons Twitter and on every podcast, including that one with Omari. No Hayes resting that injured thumb, no Isaiah Stewart from the suspension, and of course, no Kelly Olynyk still with that knee. So it was interesting all day do We go small, or is it time for Luca Garza? And the Pistons do decide to go with Luca Garza. Corey Joseph gets to start over Killian or for Killian Hayes, Cade Bay, Grant, and then Luca Garza at the five. First quarter starts out seven of the first eight shot attempts are three pointers. They make three of them. Sadiq Bay varying, being very aggressive early, which I really like to see, and he really had it going. But this goes in waves a little bit, like I thought you could see it. Even watching on TV or on my phone, you could see the confidence and that he wanted to be aggressive tonight, and it's just interesting. I'd kind of like to know what why why did the situations come where he isn't aggressive and then nights like tonight where he felt like rejuvenated and looked like he was ready to go right from the start, even though that didn't necessarily stay throughout the game. Garza gets two fouls early. This is something to kind of watch with him. You know, the, the slow feed, the defense just in general, is this is going to be something he can do. Or something that's gonna happen to him a lot is foul trouble. Is, is he can, can he stay out of foul trouble? Seems like it's always someone though, right now with this team. Always someone getting in foul trouble. Killian was doing it a little bit before they decided to set him. And then Cade even got his second with three to go in the first. This is something we've seen a little bit with Cade Cunningham as well. Pistons jump out to a 19-11 to lead off some good shooting and holding their own in the paint. That was a big storyline for this game. Eventually, I feel like they let up in that area, but early on, they were holding their own. Get Saban Lee minutes with 2.14 to go in the quarter. We'll talk about Saban Lee a little bit later. Up 25-20 going into the second. Heat zone. They go zone, and this is a big topic for this episode, really changes momentum. The first possession of the quarter, if you want to see why an NBA team would quote-unquote press, watch the first possession in the second quarter for the Pistons. The Heat, and not even just that one, there's three or four where the Pistons barely get it over the half-court line before an eight-second call, and they don't even get into offense until about 10 seconds on the shot clock. So that's why an NBA team does that, and the Heat did it really well tonight, and that zone really disrupted the Pistons. They go on a 7-0 run to tie the game, and the Pistons respond. A cut from Hami on the baseline in a layup followed by Frank Jackson three, and it really looked like the Pistons were going to steal back uh, momentum. But back-to-back bad turnovers from the Pistons gave the momentum right back to the heat. And you guys know that momentum is something I like to talk about. And the Pistons had a chance to really grab it right there, and they gave it right back with a couple bad turnovers. Casey goes away from the staggering of minutes, which is understandable. This isn't a knock on Dwayne Casey. But with all the injuries and everything, I'm sure it was just you kind of wanted to go back to a, a normal lineup, I guess, quote unquote, with kind of five in, five out. Now, some of the bench got more minutes than others in the bench, but we didn't see that Sadiq Bay staggering of minutes like we had seen for a few games. A 10-2 run ignited by Luka Garza making some shots. I believe he scored seven straight for the Pistons. Also takes a charge. So some good stretch there, a good sequence from Luka Garza. But then he follows that up in this weekend. That momentum, he misses a bunny, uh, gives up an offensive rebound on the other end. I believe it turned into an and one and a foul on Luka Garza as foul trouble was an issue for him, as I alluded to earlier. Bay cools off a little bit. Cade with only three points on four shots at half. But the Pistons only gave up three offensive boards. So like I said, holding their own in the paint through the first half, they're up 53-46 going into the second half. Slow start to the third quarter, lots of isolations, not getting into a flow. We're going to talk about that later. Garza picks up his fourth foul early in the quarter, and Cade does the same not long after. The Heat are unable to score while the Pistons continue to struggle offensively, though. It's 8-8. Eight to eight. The third quarter score is 8-8 eight to eight halfway through the quarter as neither team is able to get in any sort of flow or really get anything going. So we're going to talk about these slow starts to the third quarter and maybe some things the Pistons can do to fix that. Frank finally is that guy. He comes in, hits a couple shots. Opens the flow for the team a little bit. They go in a 9-2 run, and the Pistons take a nine-point lead going into the fourth quarter, 76-67. And that was about all the good for the Pistons tonight. The Heat go back to the zone to start the quarter, and it really disrupted the Pistons' offense. Never really saw them able to get any sort of action or continuity or anything, any rhythm that really started to disrupt that zone. I think the Heat stayed in it till about four minutes to go in the fourth. That's a long time for an NBA team to be in a zone, but they went on a big run during that time. Cade was noticeably a little off tonight, and we're going to talk about that as well. Hero bangs back-to-back triples to cut the lead to three, and then they just continued the momentum. He was really, really good for the Miami Heat tonight, scored 31 points. He was huge. They took a one-point lead with eight minutes to go in the quarter, continued to extend the lead as they stay in the zone and they were outscoring the Pistons 18-3 to at that point in the fourth. The Pistons go to a lineup that I, I was encouraged by. I like this move from Dwayne Casey. He brought Frank Jackson back in, and they go to a lineup with Jeremy Grant at the five with six minutes to go down five. I liked the decision. It didn't end up paying off, but I liked what Dwayne Casey went to right there. I liked that lineup with Grant at the five. There was some talk about whether or not he would start the game at the five Obviously, that didn't happen, but they saved those minutes for the end of the game. Again, it didn't pay off, but I like the thought, thought thought process behind that. I kind of did wonder about maybe inserting Hami back into the lineup just because he's been bringing so much energy and juice, but that wasn't something they went to. They tried to make a little run really, really late in the game. It fell short and again, end up losing the game by 8, 92-100. My biggest takeaways. I do think it's interesting. They continue to put another quote-unquote point guard with Cade in the starting lineups. So we haven't seen him be like the only point guard on the floor. Obviously, he's been starting with Killian Hayes, who does a lot of ball handling, and then when Killian doesn't start or isn't able to play, it's been Corey Joseph. So I do find that interesting that they've never – I don't believe – somebody may correct me if I'm wrong, but when the opportunity has presented itself, they haven't gone with like a Frank Jackson playing opposite Cade at those guard spots or even a Hami or Josh Jackson or something like that. Um, I just think it's noteworthy. I just think it's interesting that they've continued to put another ball handler, quote-unquote ball handler, in the starting lineup with Cade in those situations. Let's stay on Cade Cunningham. I've alluded to this. I didn't think it was very good. I tweeted out that I thought it was probably the worst game of his young career with the Pistons. Nothing to worry about. Like I said in the tweet, I'm not saying this is the end of the world. I'm not saying he's a bust. Nothing like that whatsoever, guys. I'm not saying it's like some huge storyline that needs to lead ESPN tomorrow. All I'm saying was I thought it was a really rough night for him. Six points, three rebounds, six assists, four turnovers. But the 10-shot attempts, to me, that was my biggest takeaway. And seven of those 10-shot attempts were threes. Now, the three-point shot continues to be inconsistent at best, not very good at worst. Um, during a lot of time so far this season, we've seen a couple stretches where he shot it well, but he's going through another shooting some from there. My biggest thing for Kate Cunningham right now is I'd like to see him go get twos more. Okay, Find a way to get in the lane, even if it's a mid range. Doesn't always have to be to the rim. Okay, Against the zone, I would have liked to see him get into the high post, catch and run the offense from there. The turnovers probably highlighted more when he's not doing all the other stuff. So I don't know that it's fair to like bash him for those because we've seen him with some bad turnovers this year and I probably overlooked him because all the other stuff was so good. My biggest thing is I'm interested to see how he bounces back. No day off for the Pistons as they get the Bucks either tomorrow if you're listening to this right after the game or tonight if you're listening to it Wednesday morning. So a back to back for the Pistons, they get the Bucks and a chance for Cade Cunningham to bounce back right away against a really really tough opponent. So I'm very excited, very intrigued to see how Cade bounces back from probably his toughest game as a rookie. I thought it was also interesting they go with Garza as opposed to going small with Grant or Lyles. Uh I didn't necessarily want to see Lyle start or necessarily expect that I thought Garza may not start just because of the matchup I thought if there was a game to start Grant at the five and go quote unquote small this was the game because you know maybe he can match up with Bam again you know at times I've talked to you guys about the fact that I'm just interested to know I would love to know if Dwayne Casey and staff just doesn't see Jeremy Grant as a five, if there's rebounding concerns, or if it's Jeremy Grant who doesn't want to play the five. like We know that guys in the NBA, guys at every level, don't get me wrong, There is there's kids on my high school team that don't want to play the five or whatever because of the stigma around it. But I would just be interested to know if that's not something Jeremy Grant wants to do, or if this is really something just the coaching staff, the organization just... Hey, let's give Luca Garza a chance. We don't see Jeremy Grant as a five, but like I said, they did go to him at the, at that spot in crunch time. First quarter, as many threes as they took, I do think we saw them show an ability to turn down some threes to try to get a little bit better of a shot. So I do believe there's a conscious effort not to settle, quote unquote, settle for threes. They took 38 in the game, which is still plenty. I'm a fan of them taking threes, especially if it's the right guy. And I'm not saying they should turn down threes. We had a, I was with James Edwards, you know, kind of debating with a guy on Twitter a few days ago about you know whether they should be taking threes or not. It's like, no, they should take wide open threes. We're not saying they should only take threes, but if it's Frank Jackson, if it's Cade, they, Sadiq, they should take wide open threes, no doubt. But I did like to see, there was one possession I'm going to highlight a little bit later, where Corey Joseph turns down what I wouldn't want to say would have been a rush three or a hurried three, but he turns it down and he ends up getting the ball back for a layup. So I did think that they showed a little bit of that tonight, a little bit of restraint saying like, Hey, let's not just take the very first one available. Like maybe we can work the ball and get a little bit better of a shot. The third quarter is an issue. And I do want to say real quick, the last two games, it's been the fourth quarter. The Pistons have been outscored by 37 points in the last two fourth quarters against the Lakers. And then tonight, Against the Heat, but I'm interested to see what they have to do something to change this. The third quarters have been an issue. I believe it was going into the Lakers game. I don't know how much it's changed, but going into the Lakers game, they had the worst net rating in the league in the third quarter. And you can even talk about what's happened in the fourth quarters. Something has to change. I, I really think coach Casey and staff need to come up with maybe it's a pressure defensively and how brought this up that you can't really pressure with Luca Garza on the floor. So I understand that, but maybe we run and do that half court trap that we do at the end of quarters to start quarters. Maybe it forces a quick turnover. Maybe we get a steal and get to go in transition and get an easy bucket and we get those first points of the quarter to kind of get the lid off the rim and get some flow going. Maybe there's a couple, there's a couple sets that I really like, and I know when people hear sets – they don't think like flow and movement and moving the ball side to side. But Casey has a couple that I've highlighted and that article should be dropping with Detroit bad boys soon. The sets they're running after timeouts and into games, including the end of that Lakers game. So be on the lookout for that. But they have a couple sets where there's some really good flow. There's one action right into another. The ball goes side to side, a back door, all those things. I would like to see those sets ran to start these quarters to get some things going. And then more transition again. And again, guys, it's not just about getting stops and defensive rebounds. Even if we give up a bucket, you can get the ball in and go. So I'd like to see that. And then the other thing is, and we're going to talk about this, they have to be ready for zone because they're going to continue to see a lot of that, in my opinion. The other answer is maybe we want to ugly it up. You know, Keith Black Trudeau tweeted this out that we brought the or maybe it was how that we brought the heat down to our level, quote unquote, of play there in the third quarter and it worked. We had a nine-point lead going into the fourth. So maybe it's maybe it's okay as long as we're getting stops. But I would like to see them try to find a way, just change it up a little bit, try something new to try to get some. Better starts to the third quarter and then even the fourth quarter now as that's become an issue. Frank Jackson can be instant offense off the bench. We talked about all offseason. This was a take that I had all offseason – from the end of last season, and I'm not alone. A lot of people, I think, believe this about Frank Jackson. And to start the season, James Edwards III tweeted about it. Okay, There was a lot of us, including myself, that was starting to doubt him, the way the season started. But recently, he's really showed that ability. And I just really do think he can be that guy. And he brings even a little bit more than the three-point shooting, right? We've seen him get to the rim. He hit a little eight-foot pull-up tonight. He brings some athleticism. I think he tries to challenge people on the defensive end. You'll see him get involved on the boards a lot. So like, even though the rebounding numbers aren't huge, I do think he's in there trying to scrap at times. So, The stat sheet doesn't always show a lot more than scoring. He had 13 tonight on 5 of 12 from the field, 3 of 9 from 3. But I do think he brings a little bit else to the game as well. So I do think it's exciting to see Frank Jackson as that kind of instant offense. We saw a couple different stretches where he came in the game and was able to get a couple buckets when the offense really didn't have anything going. So what I'm interested to see is as this team gets better over the next three, four years, I know I'm looking long-term right now, but is he able to do that on a good team? And then I really like the second unit wings of him and Hami. I really like that. As you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast going back a few months, those are two of my favorite players. Neither of them looked necessarily great to start the season. Hami wasn't even getting minutes. But recently, those two guys have played really well, and I really like those two guys. I still wouldn't mind seeing all three of them play with Josh Jackson and go small in the second unit, but I don't know that that's something we're going to see. Player of the game tonight for me was Hamadou Diallo, and I know it probably wasn't just from tonight. This was probably a two game award for me going back to the Lakers game. We didn't do an instant recap after the Lakers game, but he had 17 points and six rebounds in that game. I thought he looked really well. This guy is taking advantage of the opportunity that's been given to him. He's making hustle plays. And tonight he followed that up with 10 points and some more hustle plays. Just two rebounds and one assist. Only one turnover so far. He's been able to take care of the ball in his minutes. And I just really like seeing a guy take advantage of an opportunity that's been given to him. Just two plays of the game tonight. I'll be completely honest with you guys. I had two from the first quarter, and then I kind of stopped taking notes on this segment, anticipating that we'd have some down the stretch in the fourth quarter of a close game, and obviously that didn't come to fruition. So I have two from the first quarter. One was a Corey Joseph and one that barely hit the net. I tweeted this out, guys. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen a shot move the net less than that shot from Corey Joseph. That was incredible. I've watched a lot of basketball. I feel like I've seen a ton, you know, as 35 years old, but – or. 34 or 35, man. You know, you're getting old when you can't even remember your own age. Okay. But 34, 35 in January. So, but Corey Joseph, that shot was, it was amazing. Like, you know, he just threw it up over his head. It was an and one, barely hit the net. We're watching on my phone. I thought it was an air ball. I had to double take or listen to Blaha say that it was an and one and went in. And then 442 in the first. Lyle saves a bay miss. Kojo, what I was talking about earlier, he turns down a shot, eventually gets decayed. He drives it. Kojo cuts and gets a bucket. I really like those types of possessions where you see guys make unselfish plays, the hustle play from Lyles, and then you just see the game of basketball rewarded with giving them a bucket. Some things to keep an eye on, teams getting a scouting report. On the Pistons, we're enough games into the season now. I talked about Jeremy in transition and teams recognizing his moves and what he's going to go to. Same thing with Sadiq Bey now. Like our team's starting to figure that out. I think teams know that Isaiah Stewart likes to shot fake and go up and under. Um, this is going to happen with Cade Cunningham. They're going to figure out what he likes to do. I talked about the baseline out of bounds set. I continue to tweet about the dribble handoff actions that I want to see this team go back door to keep teams honest in that situation. So, My point for all of this is I want to see how the team and these players individually are able to respond to that. And are they able to continue to grow their game? Is like I say, Jeremy knows, okay, they know they're going to, I know they're going to play me to Euro step. Now I have to go to the next thing. Isaiah Stewart knows they're going to play him to go up and under. So now he just got to shoot the jump hook you know, maybe there's a counter to the baseline out of bounds that they've been running to Jeremy Grant. So that's something to keep an eye on as we're getting closer and closer to 20 games played on the season. As teams get a scouting report, how do the Pistons now make the second adjustment? What's plan B in all those situations? Teams going zone to slow down the Pistons offensive flow. I anticipate we'll see it more and more, especially after tonight. We've seen it in small sample sizes, frustrate the Pistons and then tonight I don't know that the Heat win this game if they don't go zone between the zone and Tyler Hero that's what won the game for Miami tonight and I just think the Pistons have to be ready for I know there's a lot to prepare for as an NBA team you get to this part of the season and you don't get as much practice time I don't know if it's going to sets. I think you could move personnel around a little bit. Again, I talked about it. I would like to see Cade Cunningham get to the middle of the zone and then attack it from there. But we're not just going to be able to shoot teams out of it. We have some guys that can cut well, finish at the rim like Hami, get Josh moving to the rim. So that's one area I'd like to see this team get better at, something to keep an eye on as I think teams are going to continue to do it more. Saban Lee. I've been very vocal on this podcast, asking for more minutes from him. I'm not sure he's necessarily impressed in the time that we have seen. I don't think it's time to be like, oh, just go play in the G League for good for the rest of the season. I'd like to see him continue to get some minutes, but I do think it's something to keep an eye on. We always said, Sekou wasn't ready. He needs a whole season in the G League to develop maybe, just maybe, that's where Sabin Lee is at right now. Maybe he needs to go dominate the G League for a whole season, and that's what would best benefit his game. I'm not saying that like we should completely cut him off from playing any minutes with the Pistons. I would still like to see him get a couple more games. I'm sure it's not easy bouncing back and forth But it's possible and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. He's just in his second year in the league, a whole year dominating the G league could be really good for him. And then very again, long term. I talked to some long term earlier in the episode. Luca Garza, what's the answer defensively? I don't know what it is. I'd be, I'd love to hear from you guys. If you listen to this from the Detroit bad boys website in the comments, hit me up Twitter, send me a DM. Like I say, people have added me on Facebook as a Facebook friend and just Facebook message me. I don't care what it is. Okay. Hit me up and I'd love to know what what do you think the answer is defensively um, for Luca Garza? Is it gonna be there? Again, I'm talking long term. I realize it's not gonna be a short-term fix, but I'm intrigued by Luca Garza. But I think that's a big question that needs to be answered for him. Some quick thoughts on the other team. This was a team I criticized all summer because I didn't think they had really turned into a title contender with what they did in the offseason. You know, so far they're off to a good start to this young season. So Tyler Hero was really really impressive tonight. I thought he was big time. You know, they're sitting second in the East right now. So I could be wrong. Like maybe this is a team that's really going to compete. I, again, I don't know that I just love the roster, but they have a lot of really solid players. You know, they Jimmy Butler wasn't great tonight, but he averages 25. I didn't think Adebayo like just, you know, showed out tonight, but maybe that's what we get. Maybe Maybe the Pistons aren't always going to get another team's best effort, and that's kind of what happened tonight. But Tyler Hero was really, really impressive. He had a big-time night, and again, I don't think they win this game if he doesn't do what he did. Especially in the fourth quarter. So, this is a team that I'm really interested to watch and follow moving throughout the season, just because, like I said, I wasn't super high on their offseason and bringing in Kyle Lowry, but I would like to watch some more of their games. This was the first time for me to get to watch them this season to see if I really feel like they're an NBA or Eastern Conference championship type team. A look ahead now, back to back. So, again, if you're listening to this immediately after the game, after it's dropped, Okay, tomorrow night we get the Bucs if you're listening to it Wednesday morning it'll be tonight Bucks currently stand at 10-8 and eight, second 9 of a back-to-back for the Pistons and we're shorthanded so it'll be interesting to see how a young team is able to respond with this back-to-back the Bucs have 4 straight wins coming off a 31 point blowout of the Magic they beat the Pistons by 28 on November 2nd in that game Jeremy Grant was our leading scorer with 21, Lyles with 14 Cade Cunningham only had 6 points so it wasn't a great night for him in his first time against the bucks the Pistons shot 32 percent from the field and 17 percent from the three-point line so it will be interesting again to see how Cade bounces back after a tough performance tonight against a team he struggled with the first time and a team that's going to get to see him for the second time the bucks are second in the league and three-pointers made so that'll be an area to watch for the three-point competition or the three-point points between the two teams as always, I wanna thank my guy Wes Davenport, the producer of the Motor City Hoops podcast, and is the person that takes care of so many things behind the scenes to make the cup make the podcast better and easier for me. I also wanna thank you, the listener for taking time out of your day to listen to the podcast. You have no idea how much it means to us, the amount of support we are getting right now. If you are enjoying the podcast, make sure you reach out, let us know. We love that stuff and tell a friend about it so we can continue to grow. We're always looking way- for ways to grow and expand and get better and reach even more ears of the Pistons world. Motor City Hoops will be back on Wednesday night with an instant recap and reaction episode after the Bucks game. And then we'll take a few days off for Thanksgiving before dropping our normal weekly episode on Tuesday with Detroit Bad Boy editor, Sean Corp. Thank you for listening. Go Pistons. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Motor City Hoops podcast. Please give us a rating, drop a review and subscribe. For more content, including video breakdowns, make sure you follow us at Motor City Hoops on Twitter. I hope you join us next episode. Until then, be safe and be well.